Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. These two words just going through my spirit on repeat, and it was just His way. I just kept hearing His way, His way. And so I'm like, you know, I woke up and I'm like, started doing my studying, like, well, okay, what does His way mean? God, what are you trying to say with this? And it's so broad, it's this, this concept, like what His way is, is everything that we know about faith. It's everything about how He's meant to impact our lives, how we're supposed to be transformed. His way is a good way. And so we, we want to just dig into this. This is kind of a foundational thing that's going to walk us into life abundantly. That thing that God's got for us, where the, the word tells us, and we talk about it all the time, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, would co- I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. And sometimes when we talk about the Christian life, and again, you might be, you know, just visiting and you're not a person of faith at the moment, but maybe you've heard, maybe we've all heard different times that it is, it is just about, you know, if you are not pleasing to God, you're going to hell. And if you are, if you do the right things, if you're a good person, you'll go to heaven. And we have these like boxes that we put God into. The reality is when we talk about Christ, we talk about the one who is the Christ, the anointed one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When we talk about the Trinity, like Pastor Brad talked about this morning, we talk about the eternal picture. And yes, there is heaven and hell. And yes, there is life and death. And there is everything that's meant to happen in between those two things. So when we talk about faith, we talk about life, we talk about heaven, we talk about our relationship with God, we talk about His way, we're not just talking about what happens when we die and we're on the other side and what happens there. We're talking about what's supposed to change in us today. Right now, starting today and on into forever. And so that's why it's a big topic. It's like we're not just, we're not just concerned with the afterlife, although we are. We're also concerned with today. Jesus in my life today should change my life, right? It should change my life. I should be different. So we're going to walk this through. Um, Last week, Pastor Paul talked about Isaiah 53, 4 to 6. So just to go back to that verse, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed, esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. This is talking about Jesus. It's a prophetic declaration about Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The whole story of Jesus, the whole story of the cross is actually about us and the failure of mankind. It's, it's about this, this release of sin onto the earth. It's about the brokenness that we carry and the price that Jesus paid to heal us. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our sins was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He is the answer. He's the hope. He's the life. He's the thing that we're we're needing, craving, desiring. The broken places of our life are meant to find their answer in him. Verse 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. And this is what we want to catch here. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So when we talk about his way, we're talking about his way versus our way. We're talking about God's way, his plans, his purposes, his intentions, his his way of doing and being, and our way. Essentially, this verse is literally saying Jesus paid the debt that we owed, 
It's saying he died the death that we deserved so that we could live. And the reason he had to is sin. And the definition of sin on this, in this verse here is we have turned everyone to our own way. We became our own gods. We became, it's, it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about what I, I desire to do. It's about my pursuit. And because there's this fallen world, there's this fallen sin nature in the earth, what we want tends to be very twisted. And we are drawn towards the deceitfulness of sin. We're drawn towards the brokenness of the sin around us. And it's just a matter of time. The word tells us that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like everybody, nobody, the, the most good person you know, the nicest person, the kindest person is still a sinner, still, still makes mistakes, still has moments where we turn our own way. And the very definition of, of sin, when uh, you know, Satan fell like lightning from heaven, he, he was risen up in pride, which is my way above God's way. So literally, we have turned from our own ways, and therefore, what we should have had, it says that he, he was wounded for our transgressions. The wounding of Jesus, the things that he went through for us, was because of our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our sins was upon him. This, this path that we're on, it's so rich. It's so much more than I'm looking for a religious pathway of internal peace and tranquility that will allow me to get through life without killing somebody. We're, you know what? We're looking for something that's a little bit deeper than that because it's the foundation of how the earth works how mankind has interacted with a living God, the creator of all things, the, the, the story of human history is wrapped up in what some people just like to say religion. Religion is a byproduct. What we're talking about is his way. His way is different. His way starts at the beginning of the book and it will go to all of time. It will go until we're seeing him face to face. There's something bigger that we all actually have a craving for on the inside. We know it, even though we don't know what it's for. So literally, we owed a debt. We couldn't pay and he paid it. Proverbs 14, 12, and it's also in Proverbs 16 says, there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death. So what happens if we go our own way? If, if like this, it says everyone has turned to his own way. What happens if we live in our own way? Well, there's a way that seems right to man. It's my way and it will lead to death. That's, that's literally the breakdown. Well, you know, what does that mean? I did, I, you know, I did my own thing and I didn't die. There is a consequence to sin that shows up. Sometimes we experience it sooner than later. Sometimes there's immediate consequence. Sometimes there's delayed consequence, right? Have you ever had those moments where you like, ladies, I know you know this one. You burn your forehead with the curling iron. And it's so, anybody? Men are like, what is hair? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so there's this thing that happens when you burn your head with the curling iron that I don't know if your like, nerve endings up here just are really slow or what, but you have enough time to process, oh crap. Take it, put it down, touch it, and then the pain comes. 
the blister shows up mid-afternoon when you're in a meeting, sometime like that, you know, and the, your makeup around it just peels around it like that. And then for the next two weeks, you pay for the mistake. You knew, you knew in the moment as it's happened, but the consequences are delayed. Sometimes sin is like that. You, there's a delay in the moment. It's like, it feels so good. It feels so good. Oh. And, and you know it. Sometimes it's years down the road. Sometimes it's decades down the road. Sometimes the product is seen in your children. Sometimes it's generational, the consequences of sin, and it leads to death. So we need to understand that there isn't just like my good life, and then there's like I added religion to it. There is life or death. Literally two camps. There's not really a middle road on this one. There's a space where we either decide to live for God or we live for ourselves. And the living for ourselves is wound up in the web of sin. And the web of sin will lead us to a measure of death, a consequence of death of some kind. Death of relationships, physical death, emotional death, brokenness of some kind. It's going to lead us to a place that is not what God intended for us. Isn't that something? So the way that we rationalize out, well, I don't think it's so bad. If it's a my way, it is probably leading to something that is not good. That doesn't mean we all have to live at the church. I'm like Anya. Where, where are you sitting? Yeah, I actually, I mean, I remember going through the um, career path thing at high school, do all the computer stuff, fill out all the forms. That was what they recommended to me too, was that I would be a nun. So... Um, <laughs> Apparently, if you love Jesus, you should live right at the church and be immersed in it. But there's more than that. There's, there's a fullness of life. And literally, when Jesus says life abundantly, he's saying it's the good life. It's the good life. Not perfect, not without broken spots and windows and pain and different things that we go through. But we go through it with him. It's his way. The issue that we face is we have, especially in our generation, and by our generation, I mean, we can go back a ways here. In the 60s, how many of you are familiar with the term, it's my way or the highway? Yeah, how many of you hate it? Or how many of you use it on your children? <laughs> Apparently, it actually became a, pulp, a pop culture idiom in the 1960s. It became this thing that was stated, and it was, it was most commonly used um, with American high school football coaches. Go figure. So it was literally in trying to compress and, and refine the focus of young people, this phrase was developed, it's my way or the highway, which literally, it, it just means either do it my way or leave. Like you have, these are the choices, you do it my way or you leave. And so now, 60 years later, Unbelievably, some of you thought it was 20 years later, but it's actually 60 years later. Um, we have a, a thing where people will say, like, why did you leave your marriage? Well, he was so difficult. It was like a my way or the highway kind of thing with him. Oh, yeah, no, I can see why he left. We don't put up with my way or the highway. We have this internal thing that fights against, what do you mean I don't have choice? What do you mean I have to do it exactly your way? And so the thing is, God has in his kindness to us and in his packaging of what love looks like, he made it so that we get to choose him. 
Love is not demanded. Love is not forced. Love is not regulated. It's not this legalistic thing. Love is something that is offered. It's accepted. It's given. It's a choice that we make. And so God makes it easy for us. He, he like, we love because he first loved us. But he always gives us the choice to love. He gives us the choice to accept him. He gives us the choice to say yes or not. God could say it's my way or the highway. He could say literally it's just you have to, you have to come here or that's it. I write you off. But he leaves the door open so that we can choose his way as we're ready to. But because we have this inside thing, because God made us to, to know that we should have choice, sometimes when it comes to the things of God and we hear there's his way, these are his ways, this is how his ways work, we can fight it because, no, I have a right to choose. And we will relate the things of God to the things of broken relationships. So the same thing where we have maybe bumped into a broken relationship where somebody said, it's my way or the highway, and we have said, it's my choice, my rights, I get to, my, 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 my. God says, I want you to do this. This is the better way. Here's the higher way. Here's the plan I have. And we're like, you can't make me do that. And he doesn't make us do it. But he offers us his way. And his way has to be uh, hung on the premise that he is good. Only always completely thoroughly good so we need to understand and, and when we realize that when we have a just a little peek even into how good he is it starts to shift our understanding of why he would ask us to do certain things and when you when you have good experiences with people even and when somebody says can you, you know can you do me a favor can you would you mind doing this would you mind picking up that and and there's somebody who brings good into your life you start to want to do the good things. You start to get a pursuit for it. And so the, the more you experience good, the more you experience cause and effect. Um, anybody been potty training lately? When you realize you get smarties for peeing, the first couple times a kid might not figure that out, but once the smarties start coming every time I sit on the potty, I, you know, they're going more frequently. There's, there's a benefit. There's, a, there's something good that happens when I figure out to do the right thing. It's the same way with God, kind of, in that when we experience his goodness, he tells us, this is my way. And we do it, and we experience his goodness. The next time he says, this is my way, we're like, Maybe there's something good in it. And we do it, and we experience his goodness. And before long, it gets to be this pattern. He says, this is my way. We're like, awesome. I can't wait to see what's on the other side of it. This is our growth of our walk with God. When we understand his way, we more and more are, are we desire to do his way because we know from history, my way leads to death. My way is a problem. My way has consequences. My way doesn't see clearly. My way is challenged. You know, there's these things that we have. Um, Amanda and I were in Calgary a couple weeks ago, and you know, the, the difference between your map apps on your phone, some of them are more frequently updated than others, apparently. And so, you know, you've got your address and you're looking for whatever it is and, <laughs> you know, we'll be like off in the Thule somewhere and it says, your destination is on your right. 
<laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Check your app and find out what's on your app. We have these things when we're looking at it my way from my perspective, I can be off. I can find myself in these places I never intended to be this far off, but I am. He has this way of seeing that is constantly, he knows the end from the beginning. It is the right direction. It is the right way of getting to where I need to be, when I need to be there. God has the viewpoint that I'm looking for. And so the more that I experience it, the more that I run into that. So we sort out that thing by coming into his perspective. It's not just I, I need to know the way to do stuff. I need to know your way, which means I'm going to have higher level thinking. I'm going to step out of what I can put together and I'm going to step into your realm of thinking because it will be good. It will be right. It will be correct. We will shift into his perspective. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 6, I mean, Jeremiah is just a tough book anyway because there are people that are really messing around. And God lays some stuff out for them. The prophetic word comes. It's, it's not fun. But uh, leading up to this passage in chapter 6, God is like, okay, you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this, and this is what I have planned for you, but you've chosen to do your own thing. And then he says in Jeremiah 6, 16, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. It goes on, and if you read the chapters before and after, basically, we want our way. We want to do it our way because we feel that our way is the right way, and our way is the more pleasant way, and our way is the more pleasurable way. It's our way. But God's like, if you will ask where the old way is, and what he's talking about is the instructions that he gave to Israel from the beginning. So Old Testament, it was written out. New Testament, God writes it on our hearts. But it, there's this path, this way, this way of doing life that God laid out for them. And they're like, no, we want our way. Well, in the passage, they're about to go into captivity, actually. I mean, there, there is an enemy that is lined up to come against them, to destroy them. And God is saying, if you will, ask what the good way is you will find rest for your soul. The inside of you is going to find its happy place if you will just ask where the way is, where the path is, and walk in it. When, when we're in these moments where we can feel like, it's, man, everything's coming against us, we can either duke it out ourselves, I'm going to do what I want to do and what I feel better about, or we can come up higher and ask God what's the way we need to walk. What's the right way? Because there is peace for our souls. So it's a better perspective. It's a higher perspective. It's the kind of thing, when we're talking about God's way, it's the, the design that he has put together that's based on his nature. So we're going to just take two key starting points today, and then for the rest of the month, we're going to start breaking out what are some of God's ways and how he thinks, how he operates. But the starting point is, number one, the access to the way. And the access to the way is when we go back through scripture, it's, it's pretty basic. It's pretty clear that we don't have multiple ways to get to God as much as we would like it. And as much as this could be offensive to people, it's sort of irrelevant to me. Um, that it, because straight up, either Jesus is true or he's not. 
The word tells us that there are not many ways to God. As passionate as we might feel about it, as inclusive as we might want to be about it, as open perspective as we want to maybe be about it, literally the Bible says this, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Period. So when we're talking about the ways of God, the way of God, it's, it's more than just how he, he does life. It's the core nature of who Jesus is. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's the gate that we go through. It's the access point. It's the way we get to the Father. But Jesus saying this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, is like a weird statement because it's a, it's a strange use of the word, right? To say I am the way, a way is not a thing so much as it's a part of a greater thing. So essentially, Jesus is saying that I am not the destination, I am the way that you get to the destination. No man comes to the Father but by me. So in other words, when we meet Jesus, when we engage the way, it's just the starting point. That's what that means. It's just the starting point. Saying that I believe that Jesus is the way, that's the access point, but the way to... It's like saying, I'm the adventure. Well, an adventure is not an adventure unless you adventure. Right? I mean, I, I, the way is not the way unless it's the way to something. It's the way, it's a, it's a forward movement thing. It's something where I come from one place and I end up somewhere else. In other words, when we say yes to Jesus, we are embarking on a complete change of life that's going to change the trajectory of how we do everything. It's, it's going to change the way I look at the decisions that I make in my life. It's going to change my goal as I'm moving forward. It's going to change what's of value to me. It's the beginning point. He's the way, and it's the start of a journey. So literally, the definition of a way, or the way, as it is biblically, is the mode of action, the means, the journey, or the course. So Jesus is the mode of action, the means, the journey, and the course. He is the adventure. He's the beginning. And, and as we step onto this, if I know the way to go some, I know the way to get to Mexico, doesn't mean a thing if I don't go to Mexico. The, no, acknowledging that there's a way to get there, acknowledging that a way exists, is not the same as me stepping into the way and heading there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I believe we're in a moment in history that God is calling us to understand this like never before. We are being faced with, on every front, such false doctrine, such wrong teaching, and such a convoluted, twisted up society that says everything goes, everything's allowable, believe your truth, believe your choices, we'll, we'll support you in your choice as long as you believe our choice, and we're all just going to agree to get along and, and, and just do the stuff. No, there is a way. 
He is the way. And as I embark on that relationship with the way, I can't sit still and just let life pass. I have started on this journey with him and it will dictate the course of my life. He will direct the course of my life. This is not an add-on to my life. It has become the life that I live. He is the reality of my life. And so I, starting point, I actually would do poorly by going at this half-heartedly. If I've embarked upon the way and I say, I know the way to get to Mexico and I've started on my way, I'm on the way and I get to Lethbridge, going to Mexico. Oh, when do you expect to get there? Don't know, but I know the way. I know the way. Got the map in the car. I, uh, yeah, going, going there, going to Mexico. Yeah, like when are you planning on crossing the border? I don't know, but um, you know, I believe it. I, I have done some stuff. I talked to some people that have been to Mexico and back and they say that this is a solid way. It's a good way. Saw some videos of people that were raised from the trip to Mexico and came back and <laughs> said that the other side of the border exists. So I believe there's, okay, you tracking with me, right? Literally talking about heaven here, not Mexico. <laughs> For those who don't know my sarcasm yet. <laughs> the reality is it doesn't make sense to know the way if I don't go there. Right? So knowing about how God operates and knowing that there are instructions in the word and knowing that there are principles to live by and knowing that there are things that please him, that, that there are ways that access the way in ways I never would have thought on my own. What good does that do me if I never actually embrace it? I end up being the frustrated person who says, I'm going to Mexico and I never leave Canada. Honestly, if you are saying, I believe Jesus is the way, he deserves everything. It is worth pursuing this journey with him. Isaiah 40 verse 3 is when John the Baptist actually quoted this one. And he says, he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway before, uh, for our God. The, John the Baptist's job was making a way for the way who was going to open the way. It was, it was this thing that he gave his life. He, he poured out the journey, the days of his life, because he knew the way was coming. And there was preparation that needed to happen. This shows us a bit of a model of what it looks like is that one thing gets poured out so that we can receive the greater thing. When we do baptisms, what the phrase is that goes with it is we are buried in baptism and we are raised to new life in Christ. We actually exchange one thing for another. And so John the Baptist was preparing the way because the way was actually coming. And in Acts 9 too, then when Saul begins to have this encounter with what's going on, um, these people who are followers of Jesus, who have given their lives completely to him, completely to go after what he is doing. Jesus, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That initial group of people, they weren't called Christians yet. They were called the way. We're followers of the way. And, and in fact, Paul actually says, or Saul at the time, um, in Acts 9-2, he asked for permission to go and hunt down the people of the way. 
It was so noteworthy that anywhere there, there was a grouping of people who were the way, it developed into them being called Christians because they were Christ-like. They were following the way by living the way he intended them to live, the way, and it produced in them the product, the fruit of they looked like him. They began being called by other people. They didn't call themselves Christians. They began being called by other people, Christ-like ones, Christ followers. This is what the way does to us. It changes us. Being in the relationship of the way with the way carries the characteristics of active movement and relationship. A way, anyway, has characteristics, methods, actions, and outcomes. So when we engage Jesus as the way, it will have and produce in us characteristics, methods, actions, and outcomes that isn't a belief system, it is a way of living. It's a way of being. It changes everything. So how, if this is the thing, and I've decided, yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to believe he is the way. I've decided to put my feet on the path of the way. Then I am going to have to learn his ways. And I'm going to learn that by number two, the practice of his way. The practices of his way are the things that are not the rules and regulations of faith. It is the stuff that looks and sounds like him. It's the way the kingdom works. It's the way God functions. It's the way he behaves. It's the way he's made us to behave. It just is the way it is because it's his way. Isaiah 2, 3, we talked about this briefly last week. It's also in Micah chapter 4. And it's talking about the last days, and it says, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and out of the word of the Lord, uh, out of the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Literally, it's talking about specifically the mountain, it's talking about the presence of God. It says that when we come into the presence of God and we choose to engage him, so it's not just like, yep, I said yes to a prayer, and I, I believe that Jesus is the way. Now I come into his presence, and specifically, he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. This is the come and the go of it. This is the, the partnership that we step into when we recognize his way. We recognize that he's got one. There is a way that is the right way of doing things. And when we know it, we're supposed to do it. There's a way that is the right way to go. There's a way that is his way. And he will teach us his way. So why this is a, a big point is that sometimes we come to God, we meet him, we maybe give our life to Christ, and we never actually spend enough time in his presence or in his word to find out what his ways are. So we know the way, but we don't really know how to engage it. Now, we will go to heaven, we'll be on the other side with him, but... We are meant to live eternity now. We're meant to live in the fullness of your kingdom come, your will done on earth as it is in heaven. And the way that I'm going to access that is understanding his way. And the way that I will understand his ways is when he teaches me in his presence. So there's this draw away from his presence, these distractions, the busyness of life, the stuff that wants our attention and our time. 
Why? Because the enemy of our souls knows that if we understand his ways and we walk in his ways, it will impact the world around us in a way that is not going to be able to put back in the box. There is freedom. The, the, the people that you saw give their lives over in the, in the waters of baptism today, is there any one of them that you're like, oh, poor them? No, we're like, yes, good for you. That, that freedom, that life, that passion, that is addictive. That's, that's attractive. That's the stuff that we're supposed to live in all the time. That passion for Jesus, we never want to get used to it. We want to continually be taught in his ways. New Testament, this is explained to us in Hebrews, and this is a, a big passage, but Hebrews 10 talks about what happens in the temple in heaven, in the tabernacle, and the, the breakdown of Old Testament versus New Testament, how they come together. And it's talking about how Jesus was slain once for all, that he was the way. And then it says, starting in verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, Catch these words, it's, it's, it's not by accident. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So he is the way and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. It's not just, it doesn't just say, so he is the living way and he has, he has paid the price, the end. Because he has paid the price, let us draw near. This is, I've begun my path on the way, with the way. There's a way to experience him, and it's been made open for me. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." This new way is something that is worth holding on to. It is the confession of our lives. It is the pattern that we make our choices on. It is the way that we step forward. This way has been made for us to come. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. So now this is saying, because there's this living way that has been consecrated for us, let us come boldly into that place. Let us draw near. It specifically says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What does that mean? The deceitfulness of this way, and every man has turned to his own ways, and there's a way that seems right to man and it leads to death. That way that we've lived in for a long time, sometimes takes a while to shake off. So when we, we feel the pull, we know that we have accepted Jesus and he's the way and the way has been made open for us to come into the presence of God and to inquire of him and to be discipled by him, to be taught by him, to, to, to experience the fullness of his presence and we can decide we're going to go there and then, but I'm, I did, yeah, I made a mistake sinned. Yeah. I mean, I know Jesus died for my sins, but honestly, this is the 77th time and I can't. I just, I'm saved. I, th I think I haven't committed the unpardonable sin, so I'm just going to back out of this. I just, um, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm a believer. 
Do you see the, 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 the bait of we've experienced my own way has led to death and it hurts. And sometimes in understanding the way, we need to know that it says, it says here literally, therefore brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I never was able to get there myself. I, I might have heard about the way. I might have believed in the way. I might have given my intellectual consent to the way. But when I said yes to Jesus, he made a way I never could have made for myself. And it does not go away. It does not change. The blood of Jesus is always enough. It's the only thing that's enough. So when I have had one of those days, weeks, months, years, where I have sinned and fallen away, I repent and I come before God. And by the blood of Jesus, which washes me clean, I come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy. I come boldly into that place and I say even though I don't deserve it the way has been made and I'm not gonna waste the way if we're talking in this 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 um, comparison you know heaven and the presence of God with Mexico it is like somebody paid for me to have a ticket and I just hang on to it in my wallet knowing that I could go sometime but I never actually go the way has been made and so God is waiting for us he doesn't he doesn't want us to sit back and just feel bad about our stuff the more we come into that place and he teaches us he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths the more times I am in here and he teaches me his ways the easier it will be for me to walk on his paths and the more of the way I will experience in my life the great bait is for us to stay out here in our own ways that leads to death but this way is life and life abundantly do you hear what I'm saying? This invitation to the way. Some of us have literally, you've been walking around with so much guilt for so long. It has been paid for. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he forgives, he washes, he cleanses, and the word tells us he chooses to remember it no more. So when we're standing out here saying, I can't come in, I can't come in, I can't come in. God is like, you know what? The way has been made. Just come. I will teach you. I will help you. I will instruct you. Psalm 24, 3 to 6, who may ascend the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol or sworn deceitfully. That is none of us absent of Jesus. None of us. But through Jesus, when we come in, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek your face. Not who seek penance. Not who seek, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Not those who seek to feel better about themselves. I mean, let me just help you out. 
I have been saved since I was three years old. Was baptized at seven, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, the whole bit, I've done all this stuff. I don't live perfectly. I'm as quick as I can be to repent when I do stuff wrong. But if I am trying to come before God, um, by the packaging, I am a scumbag and I don't get to be there. That is, that is the truth. Some of you are like, I, I'm worse than that. I'm better than that. Here's the reality. We all on our own don't deserve it. None of us, none of us had the perfect week. Did you? I mean, biblically speaking, I believe all of history, it tells us, nobody had the perfect, perfect, perfect life except the spotless one who came as the way to make a way. So Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The New Living Translation says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are beyond anything you can imagine. This invitation that God's calling us into is an invitation to come up higher. It's an invitation to think higher. It's an invitation to operate higher. It's an invitation to actually grow in the things of God. And so what I, I believe God's calling us to, and over these next few weeks, we're gonna pursue this. Understanding that the first step, the first access point that we have is Jesus. That's it. No good person. Just a really good God. And when we engage the way, we begin on the path of the way. And there is a way of life that should be part of our normal. There is a way of thinking, a way of operating, a way of processing that is higher than anything we've thought before. It's his ways. And right now, you know, we've got a, a culture that's so incredibly broken. We've got societal norms that are definitely leading to death, definitely leading to deeper and deeper layers of brokenness. What happens if God's kids actually step and say, we're, we're people of the way? We're gonna live his way. We're gonna do things his way. We're gonna spend our finances his way. We're gonna spend our time his way. We're gonna choose to love people his way. We're gonna care for brokenness his way. We're gonna minister to, to those around us his way. It would change everything. But the lie has been accepting him as the way and then living life my way. pretty big deal. This morning, um, I'm going to have the worship team come. And if we could just stand together, I'm going to ask those who were baptized this morning, if you would come up and just stand on this side. We want to pray for you. Especially those who have come. <laughs> Erica from Fort Smith, my goodness, she's, she is one of our furthest away church members, I think. She watches every week online. We've got, for, right? We've got people from all over the place that tune in. Fort Nelson, Fort Smith, you guys are awesome. Just come across the front here. And just um, as we do this, I want, want to also give the opportunity that some of you um, 
may need to make this decision. Maybe you're here just as a friend or family member of somebody that got baptized today, or maybe you've been in the church for a long time. Maybe you used to be in the church and you haven't been here for a long time, but you know today, even as I'm talking about this, that you need to decide on the way. That even as I was speaking this morning, when, when I talked about knowing about it or giving mental agreement to it, not being the same thing as giving our lives to him. Maybe that resonated with you this morning. And I wanna invite you, if that's you, if you just come and stand at the front with these ones who have made their commitments today. And we wanna pray for everybody all together. We wanna step into this journey with him together. So if that's you and you need to make your commitment to the way this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The other way is not neutral. It is broken. It's a broken path. And if you're needing to make that commitment this morning, come on up. And we're gonna to celebrate together the good things that God is doing. And for the rest of us, I pray that the challenge begins to stir in you, that you start to, even this week in your time with the Lord, ask Him, how am I living? Am I living my way or your way? It's a terrifying question. It's not necessarily talking about heaven or hell in eternity. It's talking about how am I experiencing him today? How am I living this life that he's given me? Obviously, the ultimate question is, where do we spend our eternal picture? Have we said yes to him, the way? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to have our pastors, if you just come along behind and we're just going to lay hands on these ones. And for those in the room today, if you would just stretch out your hands towards the front. And again, if you need to make that decision, come join them. But we just want to pray over you. Yeah, just lay hands on them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you today for the path of life that you've called us to. We thank you for making a way that we couldn't make for ourselves, Lord. And God, for those who have known you for a little bit of time and those who have known you for a long time, you're the same good God. You're the same loving, kind, gracious, just God. You are faithful and you are true. And Lord, I thank you that each one of these people is a living testimony of your faithfulness and of your goodness, Lord. Whether the path has been bumpy or a little bit smoother, you have been a faithful God. You are a faithful God. And Lord, today as we pray for them and we celebrate with them, we just thank you for the freedom of this new beginning. Lord, we thank you that today old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And Lord, as they have given themselves to your uh, care and into your hands and into your love, we pray that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit, that you would move upon them in a fresh new way, God, that the old things that have been left in the waters of baptism would be gone for good. Lord, the stuff that was released today, it stays there. It's been committed to you. And God, we just thank you for the freshness of 
new beginnings. Lord, I thank you for taking them from strength to strength. We thank you for the celebration of the living one in us, God. And Lord, we pray that as your power flows through them, Lord, that there would be things that are even healed. There's things that are restored. Any place that is broken or damaged, Lord, even from life experiences, we pray that your healing would flow. And we thank you for supernatural release into the new things that the fire of God would burn away any old stuff. And God, that that new fire, that new flame would be a light from the inside out that would impact every place that they go, every person that they encounter. Lord, that your love and your life would flow through them. God, we just thank you for a new beginning, a new celebration of life today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that the waters of baptism are simply symbolic of all that you have done. This is a new day. This is new life. This is new beginning. This is new start, God. This is new, fresh fire. And we receive it by faith today, God, in Jesus' name. Fresh fire huh. for the new path that they're on. We celebrate together today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And for each one of us, Lord, we thank you for the way that you've prepared for us. And we thank you that his ways are the good ways. Lord, we even ask today, like the scripture we've read, we ask where the ancient paths are, where the good way is, that we could walk in it. I thank you that there's answers for every question. Lord, for every issue that we've been struggling with, for any any. Um, blockage that we've come up against Lord I thank you that there is a way that is higher than our way that we can step into I thank you Lord that the more we spend time seeking your face in your presence the more we encounter the wisdom of your ways the more you teach us your ways and we're, we look forward to the fruit of that being manifest in our lives in new levels and new dimensions I thank you Lord for a fruitful season as we embrace your ways we celebrate you and we celebrate your love today in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give, just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.